Hey friends, welcome to a new episode of the Ian Khan Show. This is an Aftershock special episode. I'm interviewing contributors to the new book Aftershock in this series. Today my guest is Moon Rebus. She's a Spanish avant-garde artist and cyborg activist best known for developing and implanting online seismic sensors in her feet that allowed her to feel earthquakes through vibrations. Here we are with Moon Rebus. Welcome to the Ian Khan Show, and today I have with me someone who's literally connected to the planet, and we're going to hear all about how. Now, welcome to the show, Moon Ribas. Moon is a contributor to Aftershock. She's a, uh, let's hear from her. Moon, welcome to the show. How are you? Hi, hello. I'm fine. Thank you. Tell me about yourself. Are, are, are you a, a human? <laughs> I am a human, but I'm not a hundred percent human. I would there say. you go, and that's the interesting part. <laughs> Moon, you have such an incredible story, and I love the fact that you're you've you're trying, or you've you've done a great job at blending science, humanity, art. Tell us a little bit about who you are. Who, who are you, Moon? Uh, well, I guess I I define myself as a cyborg artist because uh, my art consists in merging myself with technology in order to perceive the reality that exists around us, but we cannot get through our natural senses. So I, what I, like one of my main projects, it's the seismic sense. And for almost seven years, I had some implants uh, inside my body that allowed me to perceive the seismic activity of the planet in real time. So every time there was an earthquake somewhere in the planet, I would feel a vibration inside my, the body. And depending on the intensity of the earthquake, the vibration I would feel, it was more strong or less strong. And I call this the seismic sense, the sense of feeling the seismic activity of the planet in real time. And so did you have these implants like surgically implanted and at the bottom of your feet? Like what was the process? Because what I also want to do as part of our conversation, we, we don't have a lot of time today, unfortunately, um, is understand what does it mean to be a cyborg is, is maybe break um, uh, the perception that it's very complex or not. Maybe it is. I have no idea. So let's go with that <laughs> assumption. How difficult was it to become a cyborg or how difficult was it to implant? Uh, these these uh, sensors? Uh, well, it has been, okay, so uh, many topics. First, uh, for me, being a cyborg is uh, an identity. So I don't think you need to have technology in your body in order to be a cyborg, because some people, you can have uh, different connections with technology. You can have a psychological union to technology. And some people have technology in their bodies and they don't feel that they are cyborgs. So that's why I think being a cyborg, it's a, an identity of oneself. Um, you know, and through my process about the seismic sense, it has been a very long process and it's always been changing uh, and evolving. The first uh, that I had, it was just a prototype uh, that I, I, I used to wear permanently outside my body. Uh, and then uh, after a while, uh, I had it in, in top of my elbows, in this part of the, of the arms. Then I did some implants there. And then after experiencing this for a while, I realized it didn't make any sense to feel earthquakes on, on my arms. And I thought if 
if humans would have been born with this new sense, we would probably have it on the feet because it's the part of the body that touches the floor. So then I decided to move the implants on top of my feet because in the bottom, I, I don't know about you, but I have very tickly feet and I thought it would be very weird to feel vibrations on the, on, on the bottom of my feet. So I did it on, on the top, almost in the ankle. So I did in that area because it felt more, uh, more prepared, like less, less dangerous there. Yeah. So, yeah. so for me, I, I guess it's, it's always been a, an evolution and a, and, a, and a transformation. Like through the experience, I keep realizing of doing it in one way to another. It's something that I'm, I'm also learning through, through the process and by the, and, by, and with the experimentation. Yeah. And so here, you know, I've, I've, I'm speaking with so many different people who contributed to, uh, to Aftershock and literally everybody's a futurist in a different setting. Some are doctors, some are scientists, some are research-based, but you're the first cyborg I'm speaking with. You're the first person who's <laughs> actually had an implant, who's actually um, had a device in their body and they've, they've used it to do something. Now, you know, we as uh, I read your essay as well, and and you've written a lot about you know are we trying to make uh, robots or machines more human? And there, it it was it was a very profound idea right there in in one or two lines, is should we try to make machines more human? Uh, and my question to you is that are we becoming more human because of technology? Because technology is expanding fast, is it helping us become better people? Uh, I, um, I think that, for example, this, this idea of becoming, of making machines more human, something, uh, that's what, what I think I, I wanted to, to say in my essay is that I, uh, there's a lot of debates, this, this idea of that if, if we make a machine more human, it's, it's going to be better and there's going to be like many, uh, like uh, good qualities, which maybe they, uh, they, there's a point on it, of course, like humans have lots of good qualities, but there's also a very, we also have very bad qualities. Actually, I think I want to step away of the idea of treating humans as the center of the world and the planet, and that we are the only species living in here. So what my point is that um, we're not the center of the world and we make very bad choices and actually we are species that we are destroying our own planet so maybe this idea of sometimes glorifying the human species it's it's nice i think to question ourselves also it's like we've been also a horrible species uh, in our planet we can be very horrible we can we kill each other i mean we destroying our planet so sometimes maybe this, this idea i would like to think this idea that maybe not being human, it can also be good for us because actually humans uh, are not that good. And I, and I think we have arrived in a point that it's uh, it's necessary for us to stop the uh, decentralizing uh, humans as the center of the world and as the center of our minds and, and actions. Yeah. So there's um, there's a lot of debate and there's a lot of awareness that I think. Uh, people like yourselves and and other people, you know, some some of them I've spoken with, and you know, someone I spoke with created a party called the Transhuman Party in in the United States, and you probably know that person maybe. But there's an awareness that's growing about being 
uh, utilizing technology as an integral part of hu human beings and our body and how to work with it. Uh, do, you, do you believe that maybe 10 or 20 or 30 or 50 years from now, um, like some people predict, it's going to be the era of singularity. It's going to be an era where, um, you know, part of our bodies will be a machine or a robot and our presence and our bodies will be augmented by technology. What are your thoughts on that? Hi. Hey, hey no problem. Uh, yeah, don't worry. It's yeah. all good. So I, I don't know if you got my question. Did you get my question? Uh, no, it was about, uh, is it okay if it, if it broke? If not, I'm yes. going to, I yep. can ask. Yeah, okay. It's okay. fine and I'm going to we're going to edit it out. So no no problem. So here's my question. My question was there's a huge awareness of transhumanism and I spoke with some people who even created a political party called the Transhuman Party in the United States. Um it's Zoltan, he's part, he's one of the contributors in the book. And so there's this greater awareness that we might become part machines um in in the future 10, 20, 30, 50 years from now. Tell us about your ideas of how we could envision this future where part of our identity is more of our identity is, is machines or robots and how, what that world would look like. Um, yeah. So for, for me, I think it's a, it's a bit of a natural process to say no, because uh, technology is around us already and we're using it so much. So I think it's, it's something natural that we keep, finding new ways of interacting with these technologies and also like artists that we can use it in, in a way to experiment reality in another ways and understand where we are in, in other forms. So I think this is, is a natural uh, process and I think it will be become more and more normal that the people will unite themselves with technology, especially like with younger generations. No, I mean, for us, maybe our generation, we, we had internet came in the middle of our life, but now children grew up using internet and having uh, phones and devices. So I think for them will be more natural to have to have a more integrated uh, way of uh, using technology. And I think also for, for me or, or my wish of, of doing this technology uh, is that technology allows us to understand better where we are and and if we understand better the planet and better other species and other animals maybe we, our way of living can be can be more according to the needs of our own planet for example um me that i have been perceiving earthquakes so intensely for uh for all these years uh, it makes me realize how come we we have been building such a huge cities at the edge, uh, the very edge of the tectonic plates that actually very dangerous places to live. Maybe if we understand that actually our planet is constantly moving, we wouldn't have been building cities there. We would build it maybe somewhere else or uh, like maybe some, I don't, I'm, I wonder if animals would do that. Maybe animals were more, uh, were, uh, were able to adapt better to, to the context. So in a way, it's like this thing of, for me, what's, uh, what I would like to is that humans can unite to technology in order to understand better and then adapt, adapt uh, to adapt better to the planet and hopefully have more empathy towards the earth and to others, towards other species, which I think is already happening. I mean, 
uh, before it was very weird to be a vegetarian and now it's very normal that lots of people are vegetarian so I think there's uh, very bad things happening in human, humankind but also there's lots of uh, more awareness and more empathy towards other species and, and the earth itself so that I, I would like to imagine a, a future where people unite to technology but no, not in a powerful not in order to control others, but to to have more empathy. And and then I, I, this reminds me to to a way because usually with this technology conversations, there's also, of course, like people in power they use it to control society. But this this again is a very political problem. It's not about the technology; it's how we use it. So for me also uh, a very important uh, key, a key point of all, all these, I think these are uh, the hackers, the, mm -hmm. the, the people that can hack technology, I think it's very important. I, I, I see them as a bit like the anarchists of our generation. No? Like, I think it's very important that people the wonders about the technology that gets in their hands. Like, you get this Mac or this phone, but you are able to, to question how, how is it made and then maybe to change it and make it your own way. I think it's, it's very important. And this yeah. also the hackers make, and then it belongs more to the, to the people and to the society day by day. Yeah. And I think it's, a, it's another way to question a bit like the system. Absolutely. I want to read a passage. I want to read something from uh, the book from your, from your chapter. So you've written, uh, this new sense has given me a deeper and more profound connection to the planet. It's a very different experience to feel that the earth is moving rather than to merely know it is moving. So th this connection that you created with the planet through this project and you were able to feel uh, what the planet is feeling. I mean, I'm thinking, what if we could feel what the planet is feeling when there is more pollution, when there is climate change, when there's deforestation, when there, is, when there are floods. If we as humans had this augmented sense and this added capability to sense everything, I, I think that would be a new level of consciousness. It would be a new level of uh, being, um, I don't know, transhumans, I guess, or superhumans in some sense. Um, I don't know if we will be there soon. I don't think so because we're still battling um, today, this a small little virus called the COVID-19 and the entire planet has come to a grind. Literally, the entire think, planet has stopped. Definitely. I think uh, actually this, uh, uh, many people say no, but it feels like the planet has already sent us a virus. So we stop doing whatever we do mm. to be able to breathe more peacefully. Um uh yeah like so sort of what were you saying like the um, what were you saying before that ah yeah that the, the, it's very different to yeah it's definitely it's very different to to know that the things are changing and actually to feel it in your body yeah definitely it's, it, it has a more profound uh changing and environment so if, as, as my as neil said no if you can't feel how the ultraviolet ultraviolet ray yeah. is damaging your skin, your way of going to the beach would be very different. Yeah. Because sometimes it's to feel it and to know it. 
and definitely like the the way that you experience reality can change you can change your behavior so you just mentioned that you just mentioned you know we're talking about this feeling and the planet sending us a signal so assuming uh, you and i can can have a free chat because we're both uh you know we both think in a different way the virus being a signal that the planet has sent for us to change our behavior right for us to actually experience this worldwide now we everybody is experiencing not being sick but the impact of this right we always talk about hey let's change let, you know climate change yes 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 we will change it and somebody else will work on it um poverty and all these social causes but now when we feel the pain uh imagine what the world would be if we felt the pain globally like this i i think we would be totally different people it would just be a completely different world yeah things so do um definitely I, and sometimes i feel like i'm not even prepared i did something something very experimental but very little in it makes me think and i i had it in my mind also but it's a bit like for me the future it's a bit like going backwards but with the tools that we have now uh for that uh, talking about uh, again about this seismic activity and adapting to a very moving planet I know that some indigenous already construct some houses that they were prepared to fall down and not damage because they were more in tune with where they were living. Yeah. So I think indigenous that they knew very well where they lived, I think that it's what we need to do. Like we need to go backwards and we need to learn from other species and how other, another, another way of living which I'm also have to learn. I mean, I, I live in Barcelona in a very, I have a lot, you know, so I, um, definitely we, we know, we not just need to think about it, but we need to practice it. I guess that's, that's why now with this virus, I think it's, it's, it's real. It's not just a vision. I mean, we have, we really have to go, but not backwards because of course our lifetime is like this, but like, how how we can take the best of the past and do it and and, and learn from our, from our mistakes and how how we can deal with the technology and the resources that we have now to to live it in in a better way and stop damaging the the planet it's a very interesting time yeah. and and it's weird as we said like in the beginning of the conversation because it's happening really global like yeah. everyone in the whole world is experiencing the same thing so in a way this this virus is uniting <laughs> the whole the whole world it's 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 interesting also because there's no uh how to say like classes like yes. there's the poor the wealthiest uh races anything the, the virus doesn't know about this and it and, and actually it's really it's something that it's it's nice in a way. Everyone is treated equal. So, so it's it's the great leveler. It's it's just leveling the plane. It's uh, it's not discriminating against anybody, but it's creating this uh, global equality between the rich and the poor, the healthy and the unhealthy, the uh, men and women. I don't know genders and and nationalities, and you know it doesn't oh. discriminate based on your color or your passport or your a caste or your religion or your creed, but it's just a great leveler, I think, um, in terms of doing that. Uh, Moon, I know we're out of almost out of time. I want you to tell me if you're working on something new. What is what is a project that you're working on? What are you thinking to do in the next 
you know, X amount of months. Tell us a little bit more about your work. Also, where can people find out more about you if they want to learn more about you? Um, if you have a performance schedule that's coming up, tell us a little bit more. So I am working into well, three projects now. One is like I'm working with two girls to create a jewelry and a dress that it will react every time there's a seismic activity. So it will like inflate and deflate. So I'll be using this in a performance piece so people can visualize the, the earth moving with this, this more robotic and electronic dress. So it will be like a live garment. Also, I'm creating a stage piece in collaboration with a contemporary circus artist like Kim Kiron and Klosko, who is a stage designer. And we we were uh, we want to work with the Earth itself, so the to give uh, the planet uh, a place on stage and treat it as a as also as an art dancer and interpreter. So, for example use unnatural elements to interact also with this idea of not not putting the human in the center of of the stage yeah. of the art for example to to interact with ice itself and how the ice is melting and how we can dance together with this and then the the third project also is like i'm looking for for a new sense to, to implant in in the body because since since uh last summer I took away the 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 implants, the seismic uh, the, uh, the seismic sense implants. So now I'm looking for a new one, and I want something that connects me to the sea and to space because, in a way, I see these two atmospheres very related. It's something that we have very close, but mm. it's also very mysterious. And uh, yeah, and it's like you need other way of breathing. And another way of existing to explore the ocean or to explore the space. And uh, yeah, I, like I went diving like two years ago and remember like when I swam and I saw this deep blue space, I thought this must feel like going to space. Yeah. So I'm, I'm looking, I'm looking to a sense that it can relate to this, the water and space. So in a way I'm, I'm kind of leaving earth and going to other atmospheres. So this incredible. Be... <laughs> I, I am so excited and, and I feel so good that you're doing these things. It just sounds incredible. And I hope we're able to see some of your work and please let us know when any of these are live. You have videos to share. Um, where can our viewers and uh, followers of um, Aftershock, uh, where can they check you out and check out your more of your work? Uh, well, I keep posting on, on Instagram, uh, Facebook, and the website. If they put Moon Rivas, I'll, I'll keep posting whenever I have something new. Excellent. And to all viewers, I really highly recommend buying a copy of Aftershock. I believe it's available on Amazon. Um, and it's literally a book that you can read every single day and be inspired by what people have written and what people like yourselves, like Moon has written, uh, about the future, about the intersection of technology and people. And there's so much content in there. It's really, really uh, an amazing read. Um, Moon, thank you so much. I can't thank you enough for being part of uh, the episode today. Um, be safe wherever you are. Thank you for inspiring us. Thank you for continuing to push the boundaries of human plus machine, not versus machine, but human plus machine and human plus technology to really uh, enhance what we are and who we are and find out um, 
what we're supposed to do and where we belong. Thank you so much, Moon. I really appreciate it. Okay. Thank you. Bye-bye. Hey, friend. This is Ian okay. Khan. If you liked what you saw on my video, then please subscribe to my YouTube channel and be inspired every single day with innovative content that keeps you fresh, updated, and ready for the future. For more information, also visit my website at iankhan.com. 